Welcome to Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead. I'm Jennifer Duke, and I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulis. You'll find him at thekook.com, that's T-H-E-K-O-U-K.com, and on X using the handle The Kook. Stephen, good morning. Very good morning to you, Jen. So first of all, let's go through last week. What were some of the key takeaways? We had a lot going on with the RBA to start with. We did. We had the RBA minutes coming out earlier in the week, and that was a description and an explanation, I suppose, about why they kept rates steady for a third straight month, as it turned out, in in early September board meeting. So, look, if anything, they're still biased to hike interest rates, but, and it's an important but, they realise that there's a lot of rate hiking in the pipeline, which is still to impact on economic activity. They are pleased to see the inflation rate coming down from, you know, above 8% at the end of 2022, now to below 5% on the most recent reading. They're detecting a bit of a softening in, in the labour market. The you know, labour market conditions are still very strong, but there's a turning point. The unemployment rate has been creeping up. So you put all those things into the RBA mix and the melting pot, and it was on hold, but with a slightly hawkish bias. So that was one of the big domestic issues. The other big thing globally was the bond market sell-off. You know, last week, even though the US Federal Reserve was on hold in terms of uh, its interest rate settings, the Bank of England was on hold, the bond market just exploded in a, in a bad way, that is, too, because we had yields in, say, the US 10-year Treasury as sort of the global benchmark hitting 4.5%. We're getting close to a 20-year high on, on bond yields. And Look, the reasons aren't clear. Given that central banks are on hold, including the Fed, a lot of clever people are sort of trying to work out what's happening. <laughs> Could be linked to commodity prices, and you know, we all know what's happening to oil and petrol prices here, uh, but other commodities have lifted as well. Could be linked to you know, the pretty parlous position of the US budget. Yeah, they're running massive budget deficits there. So yeah, it was an, an interesting move on the bond market because, of course, that has implications for well, just about every other market around the world. It's definitely one we'll keep watching, I think, for the week ahead. What else are we expecting? I know we've got some monthly CPI figures coming out. Big week ahead, yes. As you said, the monthly CPI is the one that everybody, including uh, the RBA and the new governor, Michelle Bullock, are watching very closely because that's that's the big game in town. How quickly is inflation falling? Uh, Market expectations, because this is for the month of August, we had perhaps just a little bit of that petrol price hike impacting the headline figure. Now, obviously, that'll be trimmed out of the underlying measure. So we should be seeing a bit more of a tick lower in terms of the uh, underlying inflation rate. But headline inflation, you know, hovering just under 5% perhaps. Uh, If that happens, then I guess you'll get confirmation in the sort of like three-month moving averages, um, trying to get rid of some of that volatility in the month-on-month series, showing inflation's still continuing to decelerate back towards the target. target. If that's the case, then, you know, we feed through, gosh, we're looking couple of weeks ahead to the uh, October board meeting and another on-hold decision, which is pretty much being priced into the into the markets right now. What else should we be expecting over the rest of the week? Yeah, a couple of big numbers. The other one is retail trade. And, you know, we know that that's been very weak since the latter part of last year, that we've basically had seven months of retail trade just sort of bouncing around unchanged, you know, a couple of months up, a couple of months down. And that's with very strong population growth. And of course, even though inflation's falling, prices are still going up. So in nominal terms, we've got this weakness in consumer spending, you know, consumers uh, responding quite accurately, in my view, to cost of living pressures, to the interest rate hiking cycle that's obviously being delivered. Consumer sentiment we saw last week, even though it inched up a, a little bit, is still at a very low level. So consumers are feeling pretty glum. 
And we know that when consumers are glum, they tend to sort of close their wallets or not use their credit cards <laughs> because they're concerned about their personal finances and perhaps this um, this pressure on their finances. So another soft number for retail trade expected later this week. The other thing which is sort of interesting is job vacancies. You know, we, you know, we mentioned before that the labour market's pretty tight. Demand for labour is still solid, but I think we're seeing a turning point in the labour market. So all eyes on job vacancies to see whether there's any further turn lower in the number of job vacancies that are out there. And one big trend that we're starting to see is a lot of industrial action in Australia and overseas. Is that to do with those job vacancies, do you think? Oh, look, it, it is interesting. You know, we've got the uh, car and the uh, Hollywood strikes in, in the US, which is sort of very unusual for the US, which has a history of very low industrial disputation. In Australia, there's been a little bit of an uptick two over recent times. And yes, I think you're right. I think it is cost of living pressures. And you know, the, the workforce, if we can use that term, are, are feeling these pressures. They're seeing you know, incredible profits in this perception or indeed the reality that the corporate sector has done very well over the last few years. Profits are strong, as we see, and that the wage share in the economy is still very, very low compared to the profit share, which has been booming. And when you've got an unemployment rate here and in the US, it's below 4%. The labour movement is in a position to sort of flex a bit of their industrial muscle. So, yes, I think it is linked to cost of living pressures and, you know, what is still a relatively tight labour market. But, you know, it, it clearly is a, a disruptive influence on on the economy. But, you know, the workers are using this um, advantage that they've got, I suppose, and demand for labour being very strong to you know, maybe squeeze out a bit of a pay rise or two. Definitely. I think it's going to be a very big few days ahead. Stephen, have a great week. Thank you, Jen. You too. And that was economist Stephen Kukoulos, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on X using the handle The Kook. I'm Jennifer Duke, economics correspondent at Capital Brief and filling in for Sean Elmer. And this is Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead. 